Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, I, I look around and see that uh, the weather kind of scared some folks off. But it's, it's okay out there. I know it was kind of uh, kind of iffy early on, but uh, it's it's nice out there now. No ice or anything. So thank you for uh, making the effort to be here today and sharing this uh, this time with us today. We welcome you you all. We welcome our guests, especially today. And want you know to know that you're, you're very special to us, and we're glad that you are here this morning. <clears throat> Let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to uh, take those and fill them out so we could have a record of your attendance with us. And especially if you'd like to receive our email newsletter, we'd uh, encourage you to put your newsle- your email address on there so we could uh, put you on the list for that. It's a good way to uh, keep up with, what, with what's going on here at Community Baptist Church. And Also, go ahead and check in on your phone and let folks know, folks know that you're here today if you haven't done that already. And a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, uh, thank you to our, our men's class for a wonderful breakfast this morning. Um, small crowd, but great food. Plenty of it, too. And thank you so much for that. We are grateful for that. Uh, our youth will be um, doing a cooking slash tasting with an emphasis on the tasting part uh, today at 5 o'clock. So we invite our youth and uh, to be here for that. We'll, we'll be having our blood drive, our next blood drive is coming up on February the 20th. And so if you would like to volunteer for that or like to would like to set up an appointment uh, to have your blood taken, then see Jika and she'll be glad to sign you up for that. And um, have you noticed anything different here behind me? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Have you you see those banners? Aren't they beautiful? They're absolutely beautiful, and uh, we are we just put those uh, got those in and got them up this week. And I want to just give you a little little history of this. It's uh, it, it's kind of come around and, and, and fits and starts a little bit. This started out as an idea uh, from the choir to do something in memory of Lou Williams. Um, and I can think of nothing more appropriate than something like this. It started out um, trying to figure out exactly what to do for Lou and to, in memory of Lou. It kind of blossomed. It, it morphed. Uh, we got Greg Gibson's design genius involved with this. And he, he designed the banners here. We got the finances from, from various sources. Uh, Roger hung it up on Wednesday or Thursday, I think it was, or sometime this week. And it is a beautiful representation of who we are, isn't it? So thank you so much for everyone who had a part in this, uh, for, for putting this up and for uh, having it as a reminder to us of Lou and a reminder to us of who we are. We are grateful for this. Let us stand and greet each other, share the love of Christ with one another as we join our hearts in praise.
please remain standing. Join me, please, in our responsive reading. What brings you to this place today? But this is not your usual format for worship. We know today is special. We have come to worship God through the ordination and installation of the chosen servants. Are you willing to be responsible for the mutual commitments which will be made here between your leadership and yourselves? Yes, indeed. We did not come here to be coddled, but to be challenged and to be renewed in our commitments to Christ and His church. Then you think this service can be a turning point in the life of our church? Then let us celebrate the event of ordination and the fact that we have all been called to serve the Lord in this place. Maybe seated. scripture reading this morning is from Isaiah 6 verses 1 through 8. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord.
Um, Luke 5, 1 through 11. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord.
Let us pray. God of us all, we stand at this offering table with our wallets in hand. You call us to bring our tithes and offerings into the storehouse. So we give from our wallets. And yet you will also call us, just as you did Isaiah, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And we, like Isaiah, say, here am I, send me. It is our heart's desire to offer you our all and follow as Simon Peter and the brothers James and John did. God, we know that it is by your grace that we have what we have and we are what we are. As we offer it to you, use all of it so others see see you, know you, and follow you. Thank you for loving us. And God, we love you too. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 11. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, and which also you stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as the first importance 
what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James and then all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. <clears throat> Sorry. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaimed, and so you have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. child. 
and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And by faith Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Samson or Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames as they escaped the edge of the sword, and those weakness who was turned to strength. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and protector of faith. great message that is, and we are truly grateful for our forefathers and foremothers who were faithful, who we recognized a moment ago from the scriptures, who set an example for us to live our lives, and it is my prayer that those who come after us will also find us faithful. CNN recently carried a story about a pastor in South Korea who used to be a trained killer. That's right, I said, a trained killer. His name is Kim Shin Lo. He was originally from North Korea and was part of a team in 1968 who slipped into South Korea with the mission of assassinating the president of South Korea. The team of 31 commandos made it to within just a few hundred yards of the president's residence before they were discovered. A gunfight ensued, killing 30 South Koreans, and all of the North Korean soldiers were were killed except for one who escaped, and Kim Kim Shin-jo, who was captured. Well, after months of interrogation and through the su- a surprising friendship with a Korean South, a South Korean Army general, Kim Shin-jo turned his life around. Later, he would confess, I tried to kill the president. I was the enemy, but the South Korean people showed me such sympathy and forgiveness that I was touched. 
And so Kim started a new life. He was eventually released from prison and became a consultant for the military. He got married. He got his citizenship in South Korea. He raised his family there. And finally, he became the pastor of a church. And reflecting on the day of his arrest, Kim said, On that day, Kim Shin Jo died. I was reborn. I got my second chance, and I am thankful for it. You know, sometimes we forget that by the wondrous grace of God, people can be changed in miraculous ways. We have three Bible texts for today, with each of, each of them telling a story about someone who experienced God's grace in an extraordinary way. So let's begin with the prophet Isaiah. And the year the king Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on the throne, writes Isaiah. And the train of God's robe filled the temple. Above the Lord were seraphim, each with six wings. With two they covered their face, with, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of God's glory. Woe is me, Isaiah cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal that he had taken from the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt, your sin has been taken away. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. I want you to keep that in mind, especially the words, Woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And now we'll turn to the New Testament, to an episode from Simon Peter. Early in his ministry, Jesus was preaching on the, sh- on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, and the crowd were, crowds were pressing in upon him, and he noticed two empty boats at the edge of the water. So he stepped into one of the boats, and Jesus asked Simon to push out a little so that he could speak to the crowd. And then when he finished speaking, he turned to Simon and said, Put out into the deep and let your nets down. But Simon was tired, and he answered, We've worked hard all night long. We haven't caught a thing. But because you say so, I will let my nets down. At this time, the nets were so full that the fish with fish that they started to to tear. The net started to tear. In fact, it was not long until both of the boats were, were so full of fish that they were about to sink. And then the Scripture tells us that that when Simon realized what was happening to him, he fell to his knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Again, what a beautiful and memorable story. Now you have two verses that I want you to remember. Woe to me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And Simon's words... Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. 
one more story from the Apostle Paul. It is a story of how the resurrected Christ appeared to the, to the disciples, to, first to Peter and later to the rest of the twelve and then to five hundred other followers. And finally, finally Paul says, last of all, he appeared to me. And then he says, I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me is not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Here's the third verse that I want you to remember. For I am the least of the, of the apostles because I persecuted the church. Do you see the similarities in these three stories? The progression of faith in these three biblical figures is almost identical. First, they are, they are made aware of their sinfulness and the inadequacy of their lives in the presence of a, whole, of a holy God. Secondly, they experience God's grace in a, in a tremendous way. And, 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 and thirdly, finally, they are called to a great ministry. So let's dig in just a little bit on these three stages of faith as we apply these stories to these three who have been set aside as deacons of our church. First of all, notice how they were made aware of their sinfulness and their dependence upon God. Isaiah writes, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, seated on a throne, and the train of God's robe filled the temple. What a beautiful, what a magnificent vision of God that is that Isaiah was privileged to behold. And also notice what Isaiah's response was to God's tremendous majesty. Woe is me. For I am a man of unclean lips. Now, Isaiah fancied himself to be a good person, a righteous person. But suddenly, in the presence of a holy God, he saw himself as he really was. He saw that much of his righteousness was a sham, a show, something to impress other people. Simon Peter probably thought he was doing okay himself. I mean, after all, he owned his own fishing business. He, he had his work, his family, his health. What more could he ask? But then he crossed paths with Jesus, and he allowed Jesus to use his boat as a, as a floating pulpit. And when he had finished he, his teaching, he, Jesus asked Peter to take his boat out into the deep and let's catch some, some fish. And as we noted before, Simon was tired. He'd been working all night, but to appease his new friend, he did what he was asked. And this time the nets were so full that they began to tear. And they even had to get another boat out there that was so full that both of them were about to sink. And Simon was astounded. And suddenly he realized that this was not an ordinary man. And what was Peter's response? Almost exactly the same as Isaiah's. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. In other words, I am not worthy to be in your presence. Peter suddenly realized just how empty his life had been 
And he was made aware of his total dependence upon God. Now let's consider Paul. Paul was a proud man. He prided himself as a defender of Jewish orthodoxy. And as such, he persecuted the early Christian church. He was present for James's martyrdom. He, uh, he had Christians arrested and thrown into prison. And then he had his blinding vision of Christ on the Damascus Road, and it radically changed his life. And suddenly he was aware of just how misguided and how cruel and how vindictive his life had been. And in the presence of a holy God, he suddenly realized the error that he had made and the direction of his life that his life was taking. And it humbled him. And so how did Paul describe his experience? I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. My friends, this is stage one of a faith that will change the world. It is to behold the awesomeness of God and to to be made aware of, of our need for God in our lives. That's the first step for growth. Step two is the blessed experience of God's grace. When Isaiah cried out, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. The seraph touched Isaiah's lips with the coal and said, Lo, this has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away. When Peter acknowledged his guilt and fell on his knees before Jesus, Jesus told him, don't be afraid. And when Paul wrote that I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, he adds, it is by the grace of God that I am what I am. Each of these people were made painfully aware of their sinfulness in the face of God's holiness, but they were also wonderfully made aware of God's loving grace. They recognized their smallness and their sinfulness in the presence of a great and holy God. And they also knew that their sins were forgiven. And they were restored as God's children. How many of you remember the Jesus people back in the 60s? Some of you weren't even around in the 60s or don't remember the 60s. You remember the Jesus people back in the 60s? Okay, come on, you can admit it. (laughs) Some of you do. Some of you probably were Jesus people back in the 60s. (laughs) Basically, uh, Jesus people back in the 60s, they were basically hippies who had become dedicated followers of Jesus. And one of these Jesus people talks about her experience with Christ. She says that she was a pretty young girl who had gone to Hollywood to seek a career in acting. And she met a man there who told her that, she, that he was a producer and would put her in one of his movies. And you can imagine what happened next. She slept with him in exchange for the promise of a part. But it got worse. He introduced her to drugs. 
And when she was completely dependent upon him for her daily high, he began pimping her out. She was horrified at what she had become. She was bitter with shame and shocked with fright. And and then one day she stumbled into a Christian coffee house where a group of Jesus people took her into a house where they lived and and they stood by her as, as she detoxed. They sang hymns and prayed for her as she writhed in pain. But in the depths of her suffering, she had a wonderful sense of peace. And love. Jesus was with her. She believed in Him. And from that moment on, she knew that her life was changed forever. Now, most of us have never reached that depth of desperation. But folks, if we are to have a faith that transcends the ordinary then there needs to be some time in our life when we come to realize our absolute dependence upon God. And when we experience God's power in our life to make us new. Seeing ourselves as we really are and experiencing God's grace to make a new start. Those are the first two steps. But here's the third. It is, a, it is a call to a purposeful life. The Lord asks, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, Here am I, send me. Jesus says to Simon Peter, I will make you a fisher of people. I will make you catch people instead of fish. Paul acknowledged that because he persecuted the Christians, he was the least of the apostles. But God says, by God's grace, he worked harder than any of them. And when he he had his Damascus Road experience, he recalls that Christ told him that he is my chosen instrument to take my name to the Gentiles. That's what happens when we have an encounter with the living God. And it is the most important encounter that that we can ever have. It says that Charles Wesley wrote his first hymn three days, just three days after his conversion to Christ. It is the hymn that we are going to sing at the close of our service today, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. And I'm sure that he was inspired to write this hymn because it expressed how excited he felt after his encounter with God. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. And as the years pass, Wesley is said to have written over 6,500 hymns. And it's kind of funny if you think about it, that Wesley's first hymn asked for a thousand tongues to sing. And yet, through all of his his hymns, down through history, God has literally given him millions of tongues to sing God's praise. And we've been singing those hymns and that praise for over 200 years now. Now, not everyone is going to have the kind of experience that Charles Wesley had, or Isaiah, or Simon Peter, or the Apostle Paul. But each of us in our own way can have an experience of God that transforms our lives 
into something powerful. I think it has happened in the lives of these three that we are setting aside for the important ministry of deacon. In their lives, Heather and Timmy and and Jamie have experienced the presence of a holy God. They have seen themselves as they really are, totally and completely dependent upon God. And I hope that that sense of awe will continue to guide you as you begin this important work. And having experienced the mighty goodness of God and feeling the sense of unworthiness in God's presence, Jamie and Timmy and, and Heather have also come to experience God's amazing grace. Heather's mom played that just a moment ago. What a beautiful rendition. You see, all of us are so little in the presence of God's greatness. And all of us are so sinful in the presence of God's holiness. But God has chosen us anyway. Isn't that cool? (laughs) God has chosen us anyway. That is grace. Never forget this in your work of ministry. It may be tempting to be proud and to boast in your position of leadership, but remember, a deacon is a servant, not a leader. And you should begin this important work with much humility, like Isaiah and Peter and Paul. And finally, through this sense of awe and the presence of God, and through this loving embrace of of God's grace, Timmy and, and Jamie and Heather have answered the call to a purposeful work as they become deacons of our church. They have committed themselves to, to live lives that are patterned after the life of Jesus. They have followed the examples of Isaiah and Peter and Paul saying yes to the call of Christ in their lives to do more. Send me. Become fishers of people, an apostle to the Gentiles. So thank you, Timmy and Heather and Jamie. Thank you for answering the call of Christ in your life. And it's our prayer that you may be an example to all of us, that we all might hear God's call to us and experience God's grace with humility. And that through that example, we might too become the kind of people that God has created us to be. Amen. We've come to that portion of our service where we will set aside these three as deacons and ordain them into that ministry. So I'll ask uh, our three candidates to sit here in the chairs in in front of me. And I've asked a few people to introduce them and to have a word about them. Um, They don't need a whole lot of introduction because you you know uh, these people. But uh, to have a word of introduction about them and to have a word of... uh, 
of encouragement, kind of explaining their history and what has brought them to that to this place. And look at all the kids that are coming in here to be a part of that. Isn't that wonderful? So um, I've asked Mary Dunham and uh, Jenny Piva and Felicia uh, Belcher to, to have a word and to introduce our candidates. Oh, uh, good morning. I feel absolutely blessed to be able to introduce Jamie, but I have to I have to confess this morning that I thought about Dottie Sugg. Sorry, because it was because of Dottie when I took Dottie's job as Director of Christian Outreach. Dottie had the pleasure of knowing Jamie already. So then when I took the position, Jamie saved my butt because I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, Jamie Gillette taught me uh, about working with our clients. She was there for over 900 hours at Christian Community Outreach. She was in a ready-to-work program through the Henderson Community College where she, this program is for single moms, she worked at Christian Outreach. She got um, a small stipend for working at Christian Outreach, but she also was able to attend college while working, while taking care of Ryan, while bettering herself, and she graduated as a registered nurse. She is just an incredible woman. So when Dr. Tim asked if I would, you know, say something about Jamie, I thought, oh, yeah, I can write and write and write. Well, I didn't write anything because here it is Sunday morning. But I can wing it because when I asked her to come to church and her and Ryan walked in one day, well, that was all she wrote. Immediately, everybody came to Jamie. Everybody loved Jamie. And she's just that way. Uh, Jamie and and Ryan were baptized January 8th last year, or 2017, I should say. They immediately became a part of the CBC family. Um, And then this morning, as I was still trying to put away some stuff from our move, I found uh, some literature where when I became a deacon, we got to go to St. Meinrad for a retreat. Y'all remember that, the retreat? You know what? This fell out, and I'm like, oh, God. It was one of those God things. This says a summary of qualities, and I could be saying this for all three of these folks and all the other deacons and everybody in this church, actually. The summary of qualities. You have to have grace. As Dr. Tim said, we've all experienced God's grace. We don't deserve to be in this building, but we've experienced. And we know how to give other people grace, too. And she taught me that at Christian Outreach. Um, you have to have power. Don't use your power unwisely. Use it, um, and God will always be there to give you the power you need to make it through each situation. The summary of a deacon, or the quality of a deacon, is to have wisdom. Lord, we know we don't have the wisdom we need, but for some reason, God's always there to give us the wisdom we need. And we need to continue to be filled with the Spirit, even though everybody gets down and and just 
sometimes don't know how you're going to go on, he will fill you with the Spirit to go on. And all of us know there's such a mystery to be a person of faith. And we just have to hold on to that mystery of faith. And even when we're tested over and over and over again, if you have CBC as your family, and if you're a deacon in, your, in CBC, at CBC, you can prove yourself worthy to be here. And last but not least, you've got to be committed to your family. And Ryan, you know how lucky you are to have this mom. Uh, she would do anything for you, and she does anything for you. She is with, in 4-H with you. She takes you on vacation. She feeds you. She clothes you. She gives you roof over her, your head. She is committed to you, and now she's committed to CBC. Welcome to our family. You were, when you walked in, you were part of our family. And we love you, and we're very, very proud to welcome you as a deacon. And I love you too. You're welcome. So as I have been thinking, I'm Jenny Piva, Timmy's big sister, and uh, as I've been thinking about just some highlights to mention in this moment, I just think it's such a time of celebration for Community Baptist Church. The little Timmy, who was like two years old when we started this church, running around, uh, eating candy, filling up on sugar, talking nonstop, that uh, now he's an adult man here who has such a kind, loving, selfless heart. And I think it's a testimony to all of you, like that song that the choir sang earlier. Um, this is the proof, proof of your faithfulness. And it's the next generation, and with you two lovely ladies back there too, it's just so exciting to see the progression of time go. But the root in the ministry that God put in our hearts when we started this church continue. Uh, last night, we went to deliver something kind of large that needed to be you know, picked up by people with more muscle than I I have and uh, when we were talking to the people they said oh what church do you guys go to and I said oh Community Baptist Church well I don't live here but you know my family still goes and they said oh is that that church in town that does like they're always in the community always doing stuff for people you know they opened their doors this last week when it was cold and I just thought gosh that is so cool that I remember the time when we were na- deciding what to name our church we were deciding what kind of building to build for our church and it was never we didn't, you know, we wanted it to be something that reached the community and shared the love of God. And it's just so awesome to see that that's continuing to happen. And I see in Timmy how he, you know, shares the love of God in such quiet ways. Actually, he this is like torture for him. So uh, this morning when it was, you know, icy on the roads, my dad texted and said, oh, they closed the bridges. Oh, they did this. I said, oh, maybe they'll cancel the service. And he was like, no. He's like, I hope it's a little bit icy so not many people come so I don't have to stand in front of everybody (laughs) but I was thinking about how beautiful that is for the role of a deacon because he doesn't want attention you know he he sees people in need and he meets their needs in a very quiet way probably as many of you have respect for him there's probably so many things that he's done for others that you don't even know about because he doesn't advertise it and I'm just so excited to see that he has this opportunity to continue to serve, and not just serve our community, but the community of faith here in this family that is Community Baptist Church.
Oh, she just told me not to tell all the stories I know. <laughs> I'm very honored to introduce uh, Heather McCormick for this wonderful, wonderful opportunity to serve our church as a deacon. And uh, I've known her for a very long time. As a matter of fact, I've had my eyes on her longer than she's known me. I was a late bloomer in music education, and I didn't start teaching till after I was 30 years old. She had been a music teacher for a very long time and was very well established, so I was already seeing all the things that she could do. And as I have been thinking about what I wanted to say about Heather and all the years that I've known her and what she's been like, I found a poem that was on Facebook that was entitled, Always Be Kind. And I thought, well, this fits her to a T, so I've kind of added some things and put her name in here so you know what she was like. Always be kind. Heather always was kind. She was always being the presence of Christ in every opportunity and in all the world around her. When Heather saw someone falling behind, she would walk beside them. Whether it was a child in one of her children's choirs, whether it was a choir member in her community chorus, or whether it was a new music teacher who needed a helping hand. If someone was being ignored, Heather would always find a way to include them. Like I have seen her provide opportunities for young college musicians uh, to attend gatherings of older college um, music teachers to make connections. Maybe this student I saw her do this with, he didn't have a way to get there, no transportation, no place to stay. But she provided transportation for him, found him a place to stay so that he could make connections with um with other music teachers, and and he's a great, he's working, um, doing a lot of good work now. But she also found a new music teacher who needed a ride and also needed some connections. And if you went with Heather and if she introduced you to anybody, then you you automatically got a seal of approval because Heather was so well respected by everyone. If someone had been knocked down, Heather would lift them up like this new music teacher needed from time to time. She always reminded people of their worth, like everyone who was ever around her, whether it was an adult or a child. She was always the person that you needed when you were going through hard times. And her act of kindness and examples of kindness did mean the world to many people and like to this new music teacher. She's always been a teacher. She's always been a mentor. She's always helped me. So I'm very honored to have you as a deacon of our church. And I'm so glad we go to church together now. Obviously, we have made some good choices for deacons at our church this year, haven't we? And we set them aside uh, to this office of deacon through this ordination service. Please join me. You have a second piece of paper. I hope that uh, each of you have that. Uh, if not, it will be on the screen as well. There is a uh, ordination liturgy I would like to, for us to share together. 
In the presence of God, we solemnly recognize the importance of the office of deacon. The deacon is to assist in responding to needs, to minister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heather and Jamie and Timmy, you have been entrusted with a sacred task. Do you now accept the challenge of caring for God's people in the community of believers? I accept the challenge. In placing this mantle of responsibility on these servants, you must commit to support them in their ministry. Do you, uh, congregation, accept the challenge? We accept the challenge. Recognizing that we are one body in Christ and having promised mutual support before a holy God, let us serve one another. Now I'll ask our deacon chair, Brittany Smith, to come and offer our ordination prayer. If you'll bow your head with me. Thank you, God, for leading all of these deacons to Community Baptist Church to first become members and now to take the special calling of deacon. Please help them to serve this church to the best of their ability and to help Community Baptist Church be the presence of Christ and serve a world in need. Amen. And now we get to lay hands on these people and offer our blessings. Uh, it is the church that has called these men and women out to this office, and it is the church that ordains them. Some churches, in some churches, it is only ordained people who do the laying on of hands, but that is as representatives of you. Well, but we want everyone to be involved who would like to be. And so we ask and we invite each of you to come by. To lay your hands on each of these candidates, to offer a blessing, to offer a word of encouragement, to whisper in their ear that you are grateful that they are a deacon of our church. Let us come and bless these people with our words and with our love. I don't want to say anything. Do you have anything to say? Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. I know Tim, Timmy. Timmy came to me. Timmy, Timmy came to me last week or a week before last. And said, "I don't have to say anything, do I?" I said, "Only if you want to." So this is this is this is not obligatory. This is only if you want to. <laughs> will speak for you, Timmy. Uh, I feel like Isaiah in that I am unworthy, but I am honored and humbled by the choice of this congregation to make me part of the deacon family service. And I hope that I can fulfill what Brother Tim told us when we joined the church, that we are all servants. And that I can do what we have on our beautiful banner behind us, to be the presence of Christ and to serve our world in need. Amen.
I just want to say, um, as a struggling young single mother, you guys accepted me and my son. Um, you've always gave us a lot of appreciation and love, and it truly does take a village, and I appreciate each and every one of you for that. Um, and I just want to say that I appreciate the faith you have in me, and I hope to do this job very well. And if you need anything, please feel free to reach out to me. Since the time of the apostles, you have inspired the church to appoint members of your church to assist in particular ways in its mission. We give you thanks for how you have blessed your church, for how you are continuing to build and shape your church, and for giving us the joy today of appointing these new deacons to serve your church. Bless them, O Lord that they may know true humility and be faithful in their service for you. Remind them of the example of Christ who came to serve rather than to be served, who sought the needs of others rather than seeking his own, who ministered to others without prejudice and with courage and determination, and loved people unconditionally. We ask that you would pour your spirit generously into the lives of these new deacons. Fill them with your love and compassion and equip them to fulfill their duties to your people. And remind us, O God, that each of us is called to serve you and to serve one another. Help us as we pursue your way in our life. Amen.